Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Raheem Palmer, professional better, NBA analyst, extraordinaire, NFL competitor in various NFL contests. Raheem, what's good? Life is good. We got the New Year's 2022. We're just hoping to go on a good run to start the, the year, make everybody some money. Every week I'm checking your uh, contest picks in the action network app where you can follow Raheem. Um, are you still in the money? <sighs> Did you slip? I slipped this week. I, I, I'm one in three so far with the Pittsburgh Steelers pending. So depending on what the Steelers do, we may be in or out, but it's just, just a rough week. It's just this COVID stuff is starting to get to me. I'm going to be honest with you. And yet Kansas city chiefs, I'm not going to blame y'all. Yeah. I'm going to blame the referees yeah, because that was, that was I went big that, on that game. That was probably one of the biggest bets I made this NFL season. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of folks that had Chiefs, and you know, you know, look, three offensive linemen go down, and then all the calls. They lose on a field goal. It was yeah, it's frustrating. All right, but this is NBA pod. Uh, on today's show, we are going to break down as we do every week. We take two teams that are facing off on Tuesday nights, and we are going to break down the game in detail. We'll talk about their futures, uh, talk about them generally and where they're at. But first, we're going to do the game breakdown. As a reminder, everything that we talk about, everything that we discuss is available in the Action Network app, the best way for you to track your picks, get all that information. Also, make sure to check out all the great podcasts on the Action Network. So we decided, we look at the slate, we don't have, like, TNT's off this week for whatever reason. I thought that was weird. But tomorrow, uh, as we're recording this on Tuesday, record this Tuesday, we've got an advanced line courtesy of our friends, at points bet, we looked at the slate. Uh, NBA TV does have a double header, so we went ahead and we went with Kings Lakers. It's late game, ten thirty start. Lakers obviously in a bad way this season, struggling to get out of it. However, they are eight and a half point favorites in this contest. Total is two twenty six. Raheem, let's start here. Uh, what does your model say for the total on this game? Okay, my model makes this game two twenty nine. And it makes perfect sense that for this game to naturally go over. When you look at the fact that these teams have played twice, they played to a final score of 117-92. In that game, the Kings shot just 20% from three. The other game, they played to a 141-137 triple overtime game. So this feels like a high-scoring game between two defenses that really can't stop anybody. We look at the Kings, they're 21st in defensive rating, giving up 100. 14 points per one possessions over the last two weeks. The Lakers over the last two weeks, giving up 114 points per one possessions over the last two weeks. They're 22nd. So neither one of these teams are going to be able to stop each other. I think you're in for a fast-paced game where both teams are flying up and down the court. So this is kind of interesting. Uh, so we have that advanced line from, from points bet, which we really appreciate. However, I'm looking at it right now, and like this, this total is only out at a select number of books. There is a 232 that dropped. So that's a wide range between 226 and a half, which we got from points bet, and 232. And you had it at 229, right? Yeah, I think that 232 is definitely the right number. <laughs> okay. So if it's 232, you got you got three points of value there on the under. Do you want to go back the other way? That's tough for me. Um, 
Hmm. Because I'll tell you, I'm probably leaning towards the under. I, I, um, think, I'm, I, think, I'm, I think I am leaning towards. I, I, I can't fade my model that much in this situation. I, I just can't. I mean, obviously, there's no Anthony Davis in this game. No Rashawn Holmes. I think he's still in the protocol. I, I do like that under there. I, I think I would lean towards that direction. Lakers this season, because I, I want to take a look at, at this. Their defense has been all over the place. It's actually played a little bit le- better as of late. Okay, so overall, the overs have still been hitting. They did, however, they've, they've hit the under in two of their last three. Now, one was versus uh, Minnesota, who was missing everybody. Right, so that one's, that one's tough. The over with Portland hit, that's no surprise. Portland's defense is abysmal. Um, the under hit in the Memphis game, it looks like if they go against bad defenses, they put up a big number, right? That's that's kind of been the thing is that the, if the Lakers offense has put up big numbers as of late versus bad defensive teams. If we look at the Kings, the Kings this season defensively are 21st in half court defense, 25th in transition defense and over at dunks and threes, which is factors in your um, strength of schedule. Sacramento comes out as actually worse. They're 28th in defensive rating. The Lakers have bumped up a little bit. They're up to top 18, at least not good, but 18. I mean, this, this total's higher, right? Like we're at a, we're at a higher mark. I've got it way lower. I, I'm trying to figure out what's going on, honestly, with my model for why yeah. it's doing this. With the Kings in particular, it keeps having a lot of faith that they're going to have better defensive performances. But I actually think some of this, one of the reasons it pops on the under, um, I'm expecting a better defensive performance out of the Lakers. And some of that, I will say this has been true. They've moved LeBron to the five, and they've kind of gotten some success there. Like, honestly, this is part of it. No Anthony Davis, so you go like, oh, their defense is going to be worse. Their defense was bad, Yeah, lady. Their defense was bad with Anthony Davis. I'm not saying that he's, that he's bad. I'm saying he's been bad this season. And so, for me, I, I kind of start to wonder if maybe there's an overestimation of the impact defensively in the market versus that. Um, what do you have for the side with the Lakers at, at eight and a half on the spread? Oh, I like Sacramento in this game. I, I have this at around Lakers minus four. I, I just, to me, I don't understand how the Lakers are laying eight points to anybody. Like, this is insane. I just, to me, I don't get it. I know the Kings have had some bad losses, but when you look at their last couple of games, both of these teams have won three out of their last four games. So to me, you got the Kings pretty much at full strength minus Rashawn Holmes and not having Anthony Davis out there. It's, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. And I mean, you got guys like Buddy Hill who can shoot the basketball. Like I just, to me, I'm, I'm looking at these teams as equally matched teams. So, I mean, obviously you got LeBron James on the other end, but the way Russell Westbrook is turning the ball over at eight points, I, I'm, I'm taking the, the Kings in this matchup. A conservative model actually likes the Lakers more in this matchup. It's, I've got it right around this. I've got it minus 8.2. So a tiny edge towards the Kings. Uh, my more aggressive model honestly has it as – it favors the Kings even more. It's got six. Um, let's talk COVID for a minute. So no Frank Vogel, no David Fisdale as the interim coach replacing the coach that's out with COVID has COVID. No Rashawn Holmes in this game. 
we don't have any sort of updates on anybody else. I, you know, outside of LeBron, I think it's hasn't COVID. Russ had a bout with it, didn't he? Yeah, Russ was in. Yeah, in protocols. Yeah. So most of the Lakers have been in protocols. Most of the Kings that I know have been in, in protocols because Fox is in, right? So yeah. is, is there anybody that we're kind of worried might? That's kind of my only thing is whenever there's one guy that's in, I'm worried we're gonna we're gonna get to game day and then two more are gonna pop. Right. Yeah, I think that's been an issue for me, too. Like, I got burnt the other day on the Spurs game because it appeared as though everybody was playing. And then next thing you know, you got three guys in protocol and it's just like, oh, my God. (laughs) So Holmes just popped into protocol on Saturday and then we haven't heard anything. I know Terrence Davis is out for this matchup. Um, He's a big rotational piece. I don't know. It's it's, it's kind of like Russian roulette, honestly, with some of this stuff. Like, you never know who's going to pop up on it next. We chose to talk about this game. I'll ask you, like, are you going to bet this? I think I may play the under okay. because I, I do think you, you made a great point. And then with my model making this, look, if this pops up at 232, I'm going to assume that the public is going to push this even higher. And I'm going to be looking to jump on the under. Um, but at 229, like at 226, I, I kind of still got to play the over. Like, I, I just think when you look at the track record of these two teams, like, they're going to get up and down the floor. And then the Kings, the thing about the Kings, they push the pace. They are ninth in pace, but they're third in offensive length of possession. So at 226, I, I think that's, that's clearly a bad number. They're also, uh, let's say, ninth in offensive possession length in terms of shortest. They got the ninth shortest. And, there's, and, they're, second in, and they're second in pace as well. So Lakers are, this is wild. The Lakers are second and defensive possession length. So teams are get, are taking early shots versus them. That's interesting. Yes, that's really interesting. So at 226, you, you like the over. Yeah, 226, I like the over. 232, I'm going under. Okay, and you like the Kings, but you want to wait to make sure everybody's playing. Yeah, I like the Kings in this match. I just think, to me, I'm, I'm not willing to lay close to double digits with this Lakers team. Obviously, they, they covered the five and a half against Portland. Well, We've spoken at length about how this Portland team, they can't defend, and they're in a total tailspin. But, I mean, I think against everybody else, everybody else is pretty much live against the team. They're in an interesting spot. I'll say that. I think I think the Lakers are in an interesting spot. Because, like, I've, I've been the one maintaining, like, hey, like, I'm not buying out completely on them. I think that there's a spot to buy them. Like, I think that they'll probably get it together. It, it does keep kind of spiraling, which is obviously, like, a huge concern. Um you know, here's here's maybe one of the issues to look at. The Lakers, according to uh, cleaning the glass, are minus one point four in spread differential versus bottom ten teams in net rating. So they've had this really easy schedule. They're ten and four straight up, right? So they're getting wins versus them, um, but they're only seventeenth in point differential versus these bottom teams. They're only plus four point two. So even versus the bad teams, they haven't performed well. That's probably indicative of, of where this is at. Yeah. My only problem, I, I guess I will not be playing the Kings, even though I have like a slight edge on both of these. The reason I won't be playing the Kings is I, I've played the Kings a number of times, and it just kind of seems like they have these games where they their inherent inconsistency with, yes. with they will just have games where you're just like, they were in it, and then they're gone. They're just gone. I know exactly. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've kind of gotten burnt on Kings games 
in every opposite direction. So I actually was on the Dallas Mavericks minus one and a half last week against the Kings. And obviously the Kings made the comeback and then they hit the game winning three. And then the following night they play again. And it's like the Kings are up double digits in the second half. The Mavericks actually take a double digit lead. They tie the game. And then the Mavericks go on like a 30 to three run and the game's over. So it's just like, they're a tough team to really judge. But I just think to me, I try to fade the Lakers every time I, every chance I get, because they are a public team. We know that the the odds makers are going to charge you a premium to back them. Even if, even with them not being as good. So I just think this number is a little bit too high. Teams tend to get up for the Lakers. I just think at, at eight, I just, I don't understand the line. So I am going to wait and see what the public does with this game. I know 538 actually makes this game four, Lakers minus four. So it is, it is very comforting to know that my model isn't alone um, on where I sit with this game. So I'm going to check out the protocols and see what happens. We're going to get to Tuesday and it's going to be like Buddy Heald or somebody. I mean, I, it wasn't, wasn't Barnes out with COVID too? Yeah, Barnes was out. I think Barnes was out like sometime last week. I'm going to be real with you. I do, I do not have like a, you know, I, normally I would say that I could be on top of the news. There's been so much COVID stuff I can't track. I just, I can't, I can't keep up with it. I have no idea who had, who's had it and who's not. And that's the new phase that we're entering into. I want to talk about this with you real quick. This seems like the new phase we're entering into where it's not just who's out. You got to remember who's in because they will most likely have had COVID. So they'll, and this variant. So they'll have immunity. So they won't be likely to be out again. Like we're going to have, a, we will have like, this is part of the thing is the Omicron's ripped through the league so fast. We're going to have like three months where if a, another variant doesn't come through, there's going to be a, hell, a big enough herd immunity in the NBA <laughs> along with the boosters, along with the vax to keep them up for a while. So like, that's like the good news is we're entering, we're exiting into this. Like that was what I was saying before when I got back from, from G league showcase, that's what I heard from executives. Everybody was like, yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be continue to be bad. But by mid January, everybody's going to be boosted. Everybody's going to have had it. And we're just going to, we're going to be out of it. Um, and you can tell that the league is kind of getting there because they rescheduled the games today that were mm-hmm. postponed in all, in one big in one big chunk. They re they just did a a, a big release today of the schedule and updated mm-hmm. it and moved a bunch of games around. I think one of the reasons they were waiting to, to reschedule was specifically because they wanted to get through the other side of this outbreak that they were having. The one thing I'm curious about is. How are things being handled with the, the players who aren't vaccinated? I mean, obviously, you got Kyrie Irving coming back into the lineup. He's going to be playing on Wednesday. Like, how do the rules differ for him? I just, there's so much I just don't know how to approach. Uh, Sacramento this season is five and seven against the spread as a road dog. The Lakers as a home favorite. I'm going to imagine this number is bad. Yep. They are six <laughs> and 13. 32% against the spread uh, as a home favorite this season. That's via to- teamrankings.com. Um, so not a great spot. I can't bet the Kings, man. Yeah, I mean, it's ugly. It's definitely ugly. But, I mean, it's just, it's the Lakers. I mean, I'm just looking at this team. Like, I don't, I really don't understand. I don't know how you back this team laying anything more than five. I mean, I don't think they even covered the other night against the 
the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they were shorthanded. So, well, it's just all right. Let's let's get into this because we've talked about the the picks for this. We like the under, or we like the under at two thirty two after the public hits it. If you see it, a number that's closer to what points bet gave us, which was two twenty six and a half, you should hit the over. Like yeah. over, to, would you say over to two thirty? Under at anything over two thirty two? Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, so the market kind of kind of grades out again. We're recording this on uh, Monday night. Let's do the big picture, which this is where we get into kind of like the details on these teams. What is your big frustration and your big skepticism with the Lakers? I know you said like I don't know why they're their favorite, but like what are your specific issues with this team? Okay, I think my specific issues right now is that you can't stop anybody defensively, and it's just like I, I just I think that's the biggest thing for me is that. Guys tend to have big games against them. I, I mean, we saw it on Christmas Day. Patty Mills went off. It's just every night there's a different guy. And then I think the biggest issue is that Russell Westbrook is just turning the ball over way too much. He has seven turnovers the other day against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And if you're gonna, if your starting point guard is going to turn the ball over that much, you're at a disadvantage. And then a guard like Russell Westbrook, who really can't space the floor. I mean, he is shooting just 30% from three which is, I mean, better than it has been in previous years, but he's still taking four threes per game. So I just, to me, I see a lack of two-way players as as a whole. Like, I see guys who can score like Malik Monk. I see guys like Wayne Ellington who could shoot the ball, but I don't see anybody like Alex Caruso who can do things on both ends of the floor. Looking at since, I'm trying to get the numbers since Davis went down. Since for... Exactly where what the kind of team that they've been since he's been out. Cause I know they've had success with the small ball LeBron at five lineups. What I do think is interesting. Uh, so this is since the 18th, their best minutes have been like the Dwight minutes have been really good. Um, comparatively speaking, they've only been minus 2.5. That's good for them this season. <laughs> Deandre Jordan has played 42 minutes. They have a net rating of minus 43 in those minutes. Wow. Yeah. Like DJ is unplayable. He's just unplayable. And that's why they've had to go to the small ball five. I thought it was notable that LeBron said they asked him about him playing five and if he was tired, if it banged him up. And he was like, no, I feel good. Oh, like, man. That's that. I, yeah. I not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying I would, I would definitely, I would be reading into that as like, hey, Anthony, maybe you should get your ass into the post. I just, um, Okay, I just looked up the Lakers statistics as a favorite. They're 15 and 23, 39% as a favorite this year. Oof. Oof. So it's just like, I mean, historically, what we're seeing this year is that we just have a team in which the market continues to misprice. That's so crazy. I just why do we think that they're being mispriced? Because usually I would just be like, well, they're you know, they're a high-profile team that's supposed to be good and they're a public team. Like they typically have always been a little overvalued. Like that they're just they're like the Cowboys. No offense to you, Cowboys fan. Oh, league. yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> so like they're, they're like they're the public team, right? Like I'm betting mm-hmm. on the Lakers. But this year, everybody knows that they're busted. Like everybody knows that, that, that they're broken. So I'm surprised that the market still hasn't been able to, to, to find a bottom on them because um, I thought this was interesting. I looked up as a dog this season. All of a sudden, the Lakers go to seven and five. Like it, they're, they're good with, so it, it kind of says, honestly, the Lakers 
if the market adjusts and really hammers them, it, it overcorrects on them. Yes, but that's exactly these, what it is. But in all these spots, they're doing, they're just not, they're simply giving them too much credit in handling the bad teams, I guess. That's exactly what it is. There's like, and I, I think if you look at the spread list and Bet Labs has this, if you don't have Bet Labs, you need to get Bet Labs. As an 11 point favorite, they're 0 and 1. As a 10 and a half point favorite, they're 0 and 3. As a nine and a half point favorite, they're one and oh, eight, they're one and oh. As a seven and a half point favorite, they're oh and two. As a seven point favorite, they're oh and one. So these big numbers, they aren't covering. That, like even as a five and a half point favorite, they're oh and two. That's also interesting because, okay, so they're 13 and nine straight up versus teams under 500. That's actually not a good number. Um, they have a lot of losses to teams under 500, comparatively speaking. In the Western Conference, you want to try and be below 10. They're already at nine, and we're not even halfway through the season. Now, those numbers are up for a lot of teams. Like Memphis has nine losses. Uh, the Clippers have eight losses. The, the Nuggets have six, right? So, like, we have a lot of parity in the Western Conference in particular this season. And so these the, the numbers for losses versus teams under 500 are pretty, are pretty low, but they're also, I'll, I'll say this, they're only four and 10 versus teams over 500. So they're good against the spread against these good teams. It would look like, but they're also not getting the wins straight up either. And that's, what's crazy is like they're 17 and 19, two games under 500. And yet they continue to be overvalued by the market, like trying to figure out, an accurate thing on this. Do you have off the top of your look? Can you look up real quick what you have them power rated? Yeah, I can do that. I think that's an interesting question. I'm just trying to figure out where in the scheme of things that team sits because like dunks and threes in adjusted net rating has the Lakers all the way down at 23rd because they have a, a negative net rating and they haven't played anybody. They have an incredibly easy schedule They're It's about to get really difficult. Yeah, I have them twenty third as well. Okay, you got them twenty third. Uh, I'm going to look up what I've got on mine as well. So th- this is part of it is there's no real reason why the market would continue to support them, especially because I don't feel like the fans are, are necessarily like, "Oh boy, I love <laughs> love me some Lakers." They're <laughs> actually really good. The other night they don't have a good record, but a bad point differential where we're like, "Hey, they're not as good as their record." They're just they seem very much like they are what their record is. They're seventeen and nineteen. Yeah. Every single game where I see them in a big spread, I just feel like, all right, I just have to fade the Lakers. And I just continue to see it night in and and night out. So maybe this is a question that we should ask like a bookmaker because I'm just not. Yeah. I think think every single year there's a team in any sport where it just doesn't make sense. And I think this year is the Lakers. Uh, I actually have them pretty high. Uh, my model for basically this is going to, this spits out your average performance versus an average team. Um, I've got them 12th. I've got them right behind Milwaukee. Who's obviously had all the injuries. And that's interesting to me in that um, I'm, I'm way off on the Lakers. I'm also like the Celtics are below them and the Celtics are way high in net rating, adjusting net rating, like all these metrics, like they're a team that looks like they're better than they are. I'm going to be kind of curious to see how that shakes out. Um, let's talk about the Kings really quick because we haven't talked about them at all. And that's easy because they're the Kings, right? But, yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I talked to people around the league and I and the last thing I reported on them was that the league, people around the league were like, you know what? I hear that like Barnes and Heald are gettable. 
But then I talked to like another person who was like, how many times do I hear that? Every year I hear that you can get Barnes and Heald and we call and it's torture trying to talk them into some, some sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always been known to be a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Like it's just always been known that there's a lot of moving parts with ownership, minority ownership and the front office. And you were always trying to figure out it's been simplified since Monty McNair took over. But I still think that this is my question. Is like, if you're the Kings, why aren't you tearing the floor up? Like, why aren't you tearing the carpet out? You, you have, you've got Fox and uh, let me know, like, cause you always have like, these really interesting takes on guys, Raheem. What are your thoughts on De'Aaron Fox and where he kind of sits in the league? I like De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox, but I just don't, to me, he's just, he's one of those mid-tier guys who, great scoring guard, not a great defender. I mean, when you look at his three-point percentage, he's still not a great shooter. So I'm not going to lie to you. I would love him in Philadelphia, but he's not a number one. And like, if they told me, hey, Ben Simmons and Barnes for, no, Ben Simmons for Barnes and, and Fox, I would love him. Like, I would, I would drive him to the airport. But I just don't <laughs> think he's, a, I don't think he's a guy that you're building around. I think he's a supplemented repeats. Like, I think he's a, on the level of a Colin Sexton, you know, and he really hasn't made the leap into being that all-star player yet. So, I mean, I like him, but I just don't, he's not untouchable for me. And no, they're kind of just treating this team like they have a superstar player and they don't. They keep wanting to not give up on it because they almost made the playoffs in the bubble year, right? Like they were, they were hanging and they were almost there and then they fell off last year and then Walton gets fired this year. And like Alvin's been just livid with this team. Like, he's just like, what is how, you know, he said the other night, it was one of the most embarrassing losses in his career. And he's been in the NBA forever. And I can't understand why, especially, I don't understand why Barnes isn't like, Hey, I appreciate it. But like credit to Harrison for just like continuing to do his job. I mean, does he just want want to remain in California? Maybe, maybe that's. I, I just, I mean, he played in, in in Golden State, Oakland, San Francisco, Sacramento's not. I mean, it's not that far away. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. So that's maybe part of it. But boy, if I if I was for his career, I would want to. I would want to go. Um, I still don't understand why nobody's taking a flyer on Heald. I understand all of the concerns with Heald, especially early in his career. Like one of the hits on Heald was just basically, well, look, he's this great shooter. But we don't think that he can operate in a complex offense. We think that he's not that his basketball IQ isn't high enough. It's not like not about intelligence, it's basketball IQ, which is very different. But that was the kind of the knock on him was like he couldn't play that brand. The point now where I'm like, look, he's been playing in the league long enough. You're just gonna get smarter just having played in the league, like just time yeah. spent. So I don't know why these teams aren't aren't making moves for him. Like I think he's out there as like a high caliber guy to go get, but this is all about like what team should go get Sacramento. I'm wondering like what the Kings should do. I mean, look, I think they should start over on the coaching front and hire a young assistant. Who's got a good reputation, try and find somebody that's got a real upside factor in them. But I also just feel like they're going to need another, they need another franchise player. They thought it was going to be Fox and it's not Fox. Just isn't not him. I I love, I'm with you. I like Fox. I think that in Philly, he'd be awesome. Even without the shooting component. He's just not good enough to raise the floor. You got to have a guy that's so good. He just raises the floor of the team. And in order to do that, you're going to have to tank aggressively. Like this is the problem. They're still kind of hanging 
Like they can pivot if they do it right now, but they need to start moving pieces because they really need to, to transition because this is one team where we are back to, I think you just got to like, if they don't make major changes, I'm just, I'm back to where I was two years ago, which is, it's the Kings. Let's take, let's just take the under on the win total. Let's just, yeah. Let's just go under. Why, why bother with it? Like we just know that this franchise it, isn't serious. It, it's frustrating for me. Cause I, I like a lot of these players, like individually, it's just role guys. Like, I, I mean, I, I love Buddy Hill. I'm still mad the Lakers, and I'm, I am a Lakers fan. I'm a Sixers fan and a Lakers fan. I'm mad the, the Lakers didn't go after Hill as opposed to Russell Westbrook because I think anybody, any team in this league could use a shooter of his caliber. Um, he's just very dangerous. I like Halliburton. I think he's a guy that I would want to build around. Fox is solid. He's just not the superstar player. And then, Obviously, Barnes has proven that he can be a, a big-time wink on a championship contender. Or, uh, I mean, he's not going to be Kevin Durant, of course, but he's a guy. I, w- I would take him over Tobias Harris. <laughs> so right. it's, it's, it's just, I just don't think they have the, the, like, the peace to raise the floor, like you said. So have you just peeled back entirely with this COVID stuff? Are you just like, I'm waiting um, for settles? No, I pick my spots really, really, really. Like, I mean, tonight, I think you kind of have to use this COVID stuff to your advantage. And if you look at the Washington Wizards tonight, I'm all over the Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets got blown out by the Phoenix Suns yesterday. They come back, they're pretty much full strength. Everybody is out except for PJ Washington, pretty much. They're playing a Washington Wizards team that's missing Montrez Harold, Brad Wanamaker, um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, they're just pretty much depleted so i'm i'm looking at the hornets as two-point dogs i'm all over that so i like i'll jump on situations like that and then some of these other games i'm just kind of handicapping them regularly and i mean you look at teams like the brooklyn nets there's i think a lot of these these top tier teams are kind of being overrated this year um whether it's the lakers whether it's the brooklyn nets whether it's even the boston celtics i mean just because they have the they have such dynamic playmakers in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I think I'm finding an advantage in that just because at the end of the day, these are still NBA teams and 